say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Looking for a guaranteed way to create content that resonates with your audience? Start a podcast, interview your ideal clients, and let them choose the topic of the interview. Because if your ideal clients care about the topic, there's a good chance the rest of your audience will care about it too. Learn more at sweetfishmedia.com. You're listening to B2B Growth, a daily podcast for B2B leaders. We've interviewed names you've probably heard before, like Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek, but you've probably never heard from the majority of our guests. That's because the bulk of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. Most of our guests are in the trenches leading sales and marketing teams. They're implementing strategy. They're experimenting with tactics. They're building the fastest growing B2B companies in the world. My name is James Carberry. I'm the founder of Sweetfish Media, a podcast agency for B2B brands, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. When we're not interviewing sales and marketing leaders, you'll hear stories from behind the scenes of our own business. We'll share the ups and downs of our journey as we attempt to take over the world. Just kidding. Well, maybe. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to B2B Growth. I'm your host for today's episode, Logan Lyles with Sweetfish Media. Guys, I've got with me today, Sarah Brzee. She's the Executive Vice President of Marketing and Channel Sales at Master Control. Sarah, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh, we are very excited to chat with you today, Sarah. Before we get into today's topic, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about what you and the team are up to over at Master Control these days. Yeah, it's a really exciting time at Master Control. You know, we are this 25-year-old company that has suddenly become this really great story about cloud and SaaS growth. Uh, Master Control is based in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we sell into the regulated departments around the world, but really largely regulated life sciences organizations. We have been a leader in quality management systems for over two decades. And if you think about um, if you take a pharmaceutical drug or if you use it or have a medical device, you really want those things to be regulated by the FDA. And regulation, of course, brings a ton of paperwork. In fact, it's been estimated that there are like two trailer trucks full of paper involved in being FDA compliant. And so it's our job actually to get the paper out of that process and help companies speed up their ability to comply with the FDA, um, which all ties to our big mission of bringing life-changing products to more people sooner. So we help organizations digitize, automate, and connect quality and compliance processes across the regulated product development lifecycle. I love it. Uh, coming from 10 plus years of selling copiers, printers, office equipment, <laughs> document management software, um, I can tell you, you are doing uh, amazing work over there. You know, it was amazing to me that uh, how much is still spent on printed paper these days. And I can attest to, I've seen some of those truckloads of uh, paper in the past. So in a different role now, but that just makes me think of uh, my days, uh, you know, finding those back rooms just full of paper and trying to help people uh, develop better processes for that, right? 
Absolutely. You know, we laugh a lot because, um, you know, our, our product managers and product marketing teams, they get all geared up about the competition. And the reality is our competition is really paper. It's paper on the manufacturing shop floor. It's paper in the processes used to comply with audits. You know, it's pretty much paper anywhere in the quality management process. And everywhere you go, you sort of think, man, I can't believe people are still using paper. And yet some like 40% of our customers are still using paper for these core processes. So we're feeling pretty good about our, our potential longevity. <laughs> I love it. So that kind of segues nicely. I, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about uh, the transition that you guys uh, have been in. And I think that'll lead us into this conversation about you know how you structure your marketing org and how you can really be strategy-led and marry your strategy to your creative. And one of the things you and I were chatting about before we hit record here, Sarah, is the transition you guys are going through um, to a platform company. Can you give us a little bit more context there? Because I think we're going to circle back to how that uh, impacts your measurement and, and the things that you guys look at as an overall marketing team. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the um, really exciting thing, I've been here about two years. So this is actually mm -hmm. my um, two-year anniversary. You know, when, when I got to Master Control, we have um, a world-class demand generation team. So anybody who works at a startup understands that you don't start with, you know, big picture brand marketing. You really start with, can we generate demand for our solutions? And we've done that um, in a really, really amazing way for many years as a single on-premise software product. And so not to downplay that, that's, it's still hard. But in this year um, that I arrived, the company was making a major transition. So we, I was brought on board actually to help rebrand the company, but um, you know, also reposition the company. We went from being this single on-premise product company selling quality management software to actually launching an entire uh, product management excellence solution suite. Let me try and say that again. Um, I think the uh, the brand update really was to signal this idea that we are no longer a single point product, but that we believe quality changes everything from the beginning of products in research and development all the way through to commercialization and then getting post-market feedback. So mm. that, that branding effort was really new um, to master control. And it really took um, the creation of an entirely new marketing organization. So you talked about um, what does it take to make that kind of change? You know, the, the brand itself came from this big strategy idea and has come to life through a pretty monumental creative and digital experience effort. So tell me a little bit about that shift there, because it sounds like you were really trying to shift the narrative, um, you know, about the company. The rebrand wasn't just, hey, we need a new name. We need some fresh paint on the logo. And you and I were talking a little bit about the, the importance of story. Tell me a little bit about where that's been playing a role as you guys make this shift as a marketing team and, and a company overall. Well, so in addition to modernizing the look, like you said, you know, just a fresh coat of paint, we really wanted this new brand to signal two things to the marketplace. Um, and the first thing was our transition from a single product company to a multi-solution platform product. Um, but then the second part of that is um, a move to the SaaS-based business model. 
So that's a pretty complicated story. You know, we launched as part of that platform effort, a new product called Manufacturing Excellence to help address that problem of paper, um, as we were talking about specifically for manufacturers. So a little bit adjacent to our core quality space. Those are significant business challenges. Um, And so I worked for 10 years in one of the world's leading B2B advertising agencies. And the things that we took, I took away from that experience were things like, you got to be really specific about what you want your campaign to achieve. And I knew that I was not going to be able to take a demand gen team and create you know, this amazing new brand without the help of some really powerful new leadership. And so um, we actively recruited a new um, VP of strategy for marketing and at the same time brought in an executive creative director so that they could work together on those challenges. And the three challenges again were single product to multi to a platform product, on-premise product to a cloud-based product, and then the addition of an entirely new audience, this manufacturing audience that the company has never spoken to historically. So lots of problems to be solved that, you know, that we were hoping the brand would help fix. Hey everybody, Logan with Sweetfish here. You probably already know that we think you should start a podcast if you haven't already. But what if you have and you're asking these kinds of questions? How much has our podcast impacted revenue this year? How's our sales team actually leveraging the podcast content? If you can't answer these questions, you're actually not alone. This is why Casted created the very first content marketing platform made specifically for B2B podcasting. Now you can more easily search and share your audio content while getting greater visibility into the impact of your podcast. The marketing teams at Drift, Terminus, and here at Sweetfish have started using Casted to get more value out of our podcasts, and you probably can too. You can check out the product in action at casted.us slash growth. That's C-A-S-T-E-D dot U-S slash growth. All right, let's get back to the show. So I want to come back uh, in a second to how the the your strategy leader and creative leader are, are working together, kind of what yeah. that's looked like very, yeah. very tactically. Uh, but something you touch on there is we're making this big shift how do we tell if if we're winning, right? I think a lot of marketing teams know when they win a battle. They know when they've got more subscribers to their podcast. They know when they have more signups or their show up rate to their webinars is increasing. But how do we know if we're winning the war, the, the bigger picture, which is what you guys are focused on in large part in the story that you're telling me here, Sarah. So tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you guys and what you would encourage other marketing teams that might be going through a similar shift to think about. You know, I spent a couple of years really getting the teams, I would say, built out and getting everybody's kind of legs underneath them. And it was really important for those individual teams to feel like they were winning the battle, right? So our demand gen team needed to continue to win the demand gen battle. We needed to have more prospects coming in the door. Our calling teams needed to convert more of those to leads. Those are really important wins. Um, I'm a huge believer in celebrating those wins. I think when I look back over the last nine months, the thing that we have to we have had as a marketing leadership team to really ask ourselves is, are we winning the war? So the war being defined as getting more customers using 
pieces of our platform beyond just the single quality management system. So we really had to redefine the core metric. And so we now measure winning the war as what number of customers are using three or more parts of our platform. Mm. And that has reshaped the kinds of conversations that the leadership has, that their teams have with each other, so that while it's really great if our head of associations goes out and collects some leads, it's even better if the head of content and the head of associations and the head of events can all get together and say, what does this activity help us achieve, you know, to, you know, kind of together or with more impact. Mm. So it's a pretty major shift. I, I think if I, if I could give myself of nine months ago, some advice is like yeah. you, every team has to be able to win individually. You know, those battles are important. Mm-hmm. And this takes time. Making this shift takes time. It's all goodness. It's just betterness when we can get everybody, you know, kind of oriented to winning the war together. I love that. Looking at the goodness and the betterness. You know, one of the uh, books that our team went through over this past year was uh, The Four Disciplines of Execution. And that model of uh, 4DX, as a lot of people know it, is a lot about, you know, you look at the lag measures, which kind of tell you, are you winning the war? And you need to put a lot of thought into those, but then you need to break those down into lead measures and have a scoreboard which reiterates the thing that you're talking about here, Sarah, in having a scoreboard for each team so that they can see how they're performing in the battle and how that connects to winning the war. So I, I love that. I've seen that talked about in other methodologies. So I think that's you know great advice for folks. Let's come back to, you know as you guys are trying to be strategy-led, but knowing that quality is important. You know, For folks that follow this podcast, they know that uh, us here at Sweetfish talk a lot about when it comes to content, quality and quantity matter. There's no getting away from both of them. So I would love to hear how you guys balance that strategy and creative, how those two roles are working together. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, one of the things I would add to your quality and quantity is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy for marketers to get caught up in the race to generate the best or more blog posts or more case study videos. One of the luxuries we have being a mission-driven organization is that uh, the product that we put, put into the marketplace makes the world better through making other companies better. And so we've really refocused, and I, I give a lot of credit to um, the executive creative director here. He has really focused us on telling more impactful stories. So if as we went through the rebrand, our brand line is quality changes everything. Um, he has worked very hard to ensure that as we pull our case studies together and we're pulling these references together, that um, our customers are talking about how quality changes everything. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is once you connect this great idea, it unleashes their ability to talk passionately about their business. And I think you have a great measurement for success when, or or a great indicator of success when you're going out on a video shoot and they can't stop repeating the, you know, the passion, the passion about quality. So we just did a great case study with WD40, where they literally talk about the authentic experience of somebody using WD40 for the first time. And it's the sound that it makes when it comes out of the bottle. It's the red cap with the yellow stripe, but the people are connecting that to like a human experience. So 
quality, quantity, but also authenticity. Um, and I think, you know, that really makes a massive difference. I think we all think impactful, heartfelt stories are great. The other thing I think we have to bring that back to, though, is why. Why are we, why is it important that we spend all this time yeah. using video to tell stories or putting out case studies or dedicating a blog specifically to our customers? And that is, I think, that balance of then what's the right strategy, right? So I think there's um, a really amazing magic that happens when you can hold yourself accountable to a discipline of we have a strategy. We're not going to go out and do everything. We need to be strategy-led. And that still enables the creative team to tell magnificent stories and be super impactful and creative mm-hmm. you know, in partnership with that, with that strategy. Yeah. Having experience on both the agency side and the brand side, Sarah, do you think that uh, the struggle for a lot of teams, whether you know it's the agency or the brand side, is that the person owning the strategy and the creative is one person or that they often don't have those two roles talking together? Where Where's that disconnect in other places? Not asking you to name names where things aren't yeah, going, yeah. but just what are some of the pitfalls that have informed the approach that you guys are going with now on your marketing team? So I worked in high-tech marketing for about 10 years um, for a company uh, named MRM McCann and you know, pretty big agency, Madison Avenue. And the Salt Lake City office was the B2B center of excellence. We worked with customers like um, Verizon and Microsoft and Intel. And I will tell you that the big thing that I watched happen, and I was always so puzzled by it, was when you got stuck in just repeating the strategy that these companies are so big and there are so many little silos of teams that to get something done, you know, requires everybody signing off on the strategy. And it's like the strategy, the strategy, the strategy, the strategy. And suddenly six months have gone by. They've paid you, I don't know, $90,000 in strategy consulting time. And then you're like, but wait, like what happened? Where's the beef, so to speak? Um, And so... For me, the leadership, it was really important that I bring in two people who were excellent in their disciplines, but ultimately that understood the brilliance is in executing. It's in getting the right content, the right campaigns out the door. That's, it's just critical, right? You have to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. Quality is no good if it never sees the light of day. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it can be the best strategy ever, but you know, if you can't yep. do anything with it, 100%. Help anybody. Yep. Well, Sarah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. As we ask a lot of our guests, you know, yeah. one of our core values here at Sweetfish is never stop learning. I think you've helped listeners do that a bit today with sharing some of your experience and the changes you guys are going through and what you're implementing in your marketing team there at Master Control. Um, but I'd love to ask you, what's a learning resource or something else that's informing your approach or has you excited lately? Has you yeah. learned either personally or professionally? So... I think one of the things when you go from focusing on winning the battles to winning the war is what you really come back to is that's all about people. And when you get a bunch of people in a room, it really becomes all about trust. So my leadership team has been working on the five dysfunctions and the five dysfunctions is really all about trust. And if you don't have trust, it's really almost impossible to win the war together because you get people who want to take credit for winning the battle or want, you know, to be noticed or use the words, I did this, or I'm in charge of that as opposed to we. So um, we have been focusing a lot on making sure that we have the right foundation of trust 
so that we can go win the war together. Um, so that's like the huge, that's the huge one I would say for sure. Like if no, you're going to build I totally a great team, it's got to be about trust. Yep. But I will say, I will make one small plug. I have worked with a ton of young people in the agency world and here. And one of the most interesting things that I find is that there's no language for people to authentically apologize or kind of own their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, the one chapter that I make everyone read, or I ask, I would never make someone, but I would ask everyone to read. And it's in our kind of our marketing true North library is the Amy Poehler book. If you've never read Amy Poehler's book about how to apologize, she Mm -hmm. does like three spectacular chapters that um, really come down to what is really a true apology and like what does taking accountability really look like that are life-changing to me um, that really help people see the difference between obfuscating and kind of owning it Um, and that to me also ties to trust but she does it in such an amazing storytelling kind of way like hands down like the best reading for people that's awesome that has not been on my radar i feel like i'm recognizing a book cover or something there but one of our other core values here at sweetfish is own the result and not just well i did what was expected of me but i took it to the end and part of that is the ownership of you know what was completed, not just completing it, but like you said, when you yeah. miss the mark, owning that as well. So you've hit on two of our three core values. So this is <laughs> obviously, and I didn't even tee you up for that. That's amazing, Sarah. Well, uh, Sarah, if anybody listening to this would like to either learn more about Master Control, just stay connected with you, fellow marketers listening to this, what's the best way for them to learn more or reach out or stay connected with you? Um, well, you can always get me at LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is Sarah Jane Brzee. Master Control is at Master Control or hashtag, uh, let's see, quality changes everything. We also are rolling with hashtag war on paper and mastercontrol.com, of course. (laughs) I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. We totally get it. We publish a ton of content on this podcast and it can be a lot to keep up with. That's why we've started the B2B Growth Big Three, a no-fluff email that boils down our three biggest takeaways from an entire week of episodes. Sign up today at sweetfishmedia.com slash big three. That's sweetfishmedia.com slash big three. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.